Good morning and welcome to the St. Thomas Episcopal Church Virtual Worship Service. Today is June 21st, 2020. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, to set forth His praise, to hear His Holy Word, and to ask for ourselves, and on behalf of others, those things that are necessary for our life and for our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship Him. Let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins that we may obtain forgiveness by His infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against You in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved You with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. This is Psalm 95, verses 1 through 7. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to his voice. Psalm 86, 1 through 10, and 16 through 17. Bow down your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and in misery. Keep watch over my life, for I am faithful. Save your servant who puts his trust in you. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for you are my God. I call upon you all the day long. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving. And great is your love toward all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the time of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. Among the gods there is none like you, O Lord, nor anything like your works. All the nations you have made will come and worship you, O Lord and glorify your name.
for you are great and you do wondrous things and you are alone our God turn to me and have mercy upon me give your strength to your servant and save the child of your handmaid show me a sign of your favor so that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed because you O Lord have helped me and comforted me glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever amen a reading from Genesis the child grew and was weaned and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned but Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian whom she had borne to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman will not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water and the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bow shot. For she said, Do not let me look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. The Word of the Lord. The first song of Isaiah. Surely it is God who saves me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. For the Lord is my stronghold and my sure defense, and he will be my savior. Therefore you shall draw water with rejoicing from the springs of salvation. And on that day you shall say, Give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make his deeds known among the peoples. See that they remember that his name is exalted. Sing the praises of the Lord, for he has done great things, and this is known in all the world. Cry aloud, inhabitants of Zion, ring out your joy, for the Great One in the midst of you is the Holy One of Israel. Glory to God the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Romans. 
Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Canticle 13 Glory to you, Lord God of our fathers. You are worthy of praise. Glory to you. Glory to you for the radiance of your holy name. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you in the splendor of your temple. On the throne of your majesty, glory to you. Glory to you seated between the cherubim. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you beholding the depths and the high vault of heaven, glory to you. Glory to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever.
reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to the twelve disciples, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher, and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Here ends the reading. Good morning, St. Thomas, and happy Father's Day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, amen. So it seems appropriate on Father's Day to think about God the Father. It's probably pretty obvious, I imagine. People are giving sermons all around the country, maybe around the world, if they have Father's Day, same time elsewhere talking about God the Father. So in, in reflecting on this, I thought about, well, why do we call God Father? Uh, and Father's Day is supposed to be about human parents, but let's just think about where the name, where the concept of a father comes from. I mean, there's no mother, no God the mother, although some people have suggested that... Um, either gender-neutral language be used or something more inclusive like father-mother-god. Um, but let's just take it for what is written, which is just the word father. Um, and Jesus is the son, same issues kind of, but he's always the son like for eternity before there was creation. And then he's also called the son as a child of Mary, but not a child of Joseph as a father. And I think what we need to recognize is that 
um, there's just a limit to how much we can grasp these relationships with really, really imperfect analogies and words that seem to express some characteristic or nature, but don't really give you the full picture. Um, well, what I'd like to focus on is that even the way we do try and come up with words or analogies or similes, ways of thinking about God, um, these are all about relationships. And that much I think we can grasp. Now, of course, people have spent hundreds of years after Jesus died and rose uh, trying to wrap their heads around what had happened and who Jesus was. How could he be God and also a man? How, how could he pray to his Father in heaven if he also said he was one with the Father? So was he praying to himself? And, and were some things different in the way the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit related to one another, kind of as God all together in the time before Jesus was born on earth, while he was alive on earth, after he rose from the dead and sort of resumed his place in heaven? And does that make any of that make any sense at all to talk about before, during, or after in time terms when God's not supposed to be subject to time? There's no before, there's no past time, there's no uh, future time. People talk about the eternal present, but we don't really even know what that means because even as I'm speaking, it's one word after another. You can't do everything all at once and perceive everything all at once. We have memories of the past, and it seems as though sometimes they're present with us, and they do influence us, and we think about the future, but these are, um, these are elusive, and we know that we aren't really experiencing the past now. We certainly aren't experiencing the future, and yet we're trying to deal with concepts of God that go uh, past, present, and future. So hurts your brain, right? Hurts mine, um, but that's okay. The church, and I'm talking about all traditions, church like big capital C, hasn't really ever done any better, I suppose, than coming up with statements. Uh, we have the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed, uh, things that we say that talk about these relationships, but don't encompass them. Once you've said the Nicene Creed, you don't really understand anything more, maybe you do, I don't, anything more about the relationships among the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, however you want to refer to them, or we talk about the Trinity, what that means, three gods, th not three gods, three persons in one, but they're not three gods. Um, that's hard to, hard to grasp. Um, probably impossible to grasp. Uh, I think this may be part of what Jesus is referring to in a way, meaning the inadequacy of, of really coming to full terms with the relationship when he talks about um, loving God, loving God the Father um, more than our own parents. 
that's a hard one to grasp. And I'm not gonna try and come up with an easy solution because there isn't one. It's something about the priority we put or we are asked to put on our relationship with God. But to actually do that, who, who would actually say that? I'm not so sure. That's why I wanna go back to the idea that it's really all about relationships where we do prioritize some people over other, others in our family, in our friends, um, who we put first. Of course, often that's just, we put ourselves first. So happy Father's Day, as I said. Um, but my father's passed away. So to be honest, I don't really like Father's Day all that much. And my own kids sometimes remember Father's Day now that they're older, um, but sometimes they don't. Uh, they did when they were at home, but I don't know if it's out of sight, out of mind, and that's not a very happy experience. Now, my own dad was, was a nice guy. I, I will say that. But I can't say that he was especially a role model for me or that he ever gave me any advice or guidance about life. I mean, I just don't think he did. But he also didn't, um, didn't discipline me. I don't think he ever, I, I know he never hit me. He left all the discipline to my mother. Um, so was that good or bad? I'm, sa I'm just saying that's who my dad was. Um, and I loved him, um, but he's gone. Then there's your dad. Uh, he might still be with you, but he might not. Uh, he might have been nice, but he might not have been, or he might not be. He might have been there when you needed him, but maybe not. And he might be a model for your life, or he might be someone you model your life to be the opposite. But we all do have a sense of what a father is. And some of us are fathers ourselves and others aren't. Some are even still kids who are listening and maybe don't follow much of what I'm saying at all. But I do think that everybody, grown-ups and kids, have some feelings that are triggered when we say father. That's, that's, that's the term we're using and we're, I don't wanna say stuck with, but, but that's, it's, it, there's a depth to the meaning that the gospel tries to convey and that uh, we, th we can elicit in our own thinking, our own feeling when we reflect on um, the relationships among the members of the Trinity, if you wanna reflect on that or reflect on memberships within our own families. So God the Father, you think of him like your own father, like everything your dad isn't or wasn't or maybe just something completely different. I think I'm gonna go with something completely different. Um, and we grasp something of God's nature with glimpses that we might maybe project uh, from our own fathers and how we think about them, or from our own experience of being fathers for those of us who are, or from other people's fathers. And I'll be, I'll have to admit, when I was 17, I wanted to trade my parents for my girlfriend's parents. They were much better. Um, if you ask me right now, 
I might even say they still seem to be better. Um, but what's God's nature to the extent we think of him as a father? Well, again, I said think of him as a father, but it's not about gender. It's about relationships. And so I kind of want to rely to some extent on the way Jesus and other in the Gospels and passages maybe in the New Testament expressed it, that there's a mutual love that we aspire to. God said, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Imagine that as a, per, as a, a, a perfect feeling you want communicated, something you want to feel from God, from your own fam father, of course. But that says something about how we ought to think about what we'd like to hear from God as someone who wants what's best and, and that we acknowledge that thy will be done, as Jesus said, someone who gives perfect gifts, someone who's always there, someone who's super powerful and maybe even scary sometimes. Um, I think we ought to be candid and admit that, thinking about God, God the Father, there's an austerity and, and also a distance we have a means of approaching the Father through the Son. That's kind of what it's all about for me. And if you think about the Holy Spirit, that's, that's what makes it happen. That's who makes it happen so that it does work together as a trinity. That's one way I think of it. Just and fair, that's also what we want to think about when we think about God. Look, I could go on, but I also think this is one of those, you fill in the blanks. Just keep in mind that you can't really grasp all there is to grasp about God in general, or about God the Father, what that means, even if you don't want to use the term God the Father. Still, the relationship, relationships that we perceive in Jesus' relationship to the Father and the Father's relationship to the Son, the mutual love that's communicated and experienced through the Holy Spirit as it's communicated and experienced um, to us and in our lives, that's the heart of the church's faith. It's faith because we can't fully grasp it. And I think it's even why I can learn to be happy on Father's Day. Amen. The Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord. And grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. For only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care. And guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon the earth. Your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten. Nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God. And sustain us with your Holy Spirit. O Lord, make us have perpetual love and reverence for your holy name. For you never fail to help and govern those whom you have set upon the sure foundation of your loving kindness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in you we live and move and have our being. We humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit, that in all the cares and occupations of this life, we may not forget you, but remember that we are ever walking in your sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. And let us pray all together. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all, for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace, and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God.